I'm Aaron Sagers, and this is Talking Strange. Aloha, spooky nerds, and welcome to Talking Strange. We are still a paranormal pop culture show with the Dinner Geek Network, and I am still your host, Aaron Sagers, journalist, author, researcher of all things weird, and I can currently be seen on the Travel Channel and Discovery Plus show, Paranormal Caught on Camera. Now, let me set this up, this episode, a little bit. It's a little bit different. I was at RTX Austin, the Rooster Teeth event for podcasting, gaming, and animation, and that took place July 1st through Third, It was a great event. A lot of uh, excellent people that I interacted with there. We had a Talking Strange panel. Pack the room. I was very excited about that. And I was surrounded by folks like Greg Lawson, the paranormal detective, and also from the Paranormal 60 News podcast. We also had Nicole Ricardo on the podcast, and she is from the Austin-based The Real Ghosts of dot 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 podcast as well as Stephen Ballou from the Night Owl podcast uh, out of Austin which is also immensely successful and just an incredible well-researched podcast but throughout our journeys at RTX Austin I connected with Kelsey Childs now Kelsey is the haunted detective haunted underscore detective on tiktok and she is kelsey childs on instagram and she's an influencer she's a paranormal investigator a true crime investigator and uh, enthusiast not an enthusiast in committing true crime but an enthusiast about talking about it and she has done it to great success Kelsey is just a really enthusiastic person. I really meshed well with her, really got along with her. I think she's great. You need to check her out. And we had this interview at the notoriously haunted Driscoll Hotel in Austin, Texas. And things seem to be going quite well. They do take a turn towards the end of the interview which you will hear because you know it's a it's it was us having a chat in a public venue and um you know other people are living their best life having a birthday party and whatnot and decide to join the conversation between us and it it it, i won't say it goes off the rails it takes some unexpected turns because suddenly we have a group convo about the Dyatlov Pass. That said, Kelsey knows her stuff. She is a a person and a new friend that I strongly endorse, and I hope that you check her out. And I had a, a great fun talking to her about all things spooky. And then after we conducted this interview, we actually poked around at the Driscoll Hotel, just talking about spooky paranormal stuff and and looking at the various supposedly 
haunted areas of the Driscoll. So I want you to check this interview out with Kelsey Childs, the haunted detective. I'm Aaron Sagers. You may not know who I am. Uh, I'm the host of Talking Strange, which is a podcast and live stream show with the Den of Geek Network. And also you may have seen me on Paranormal, Caught on Camera, on Travel Channel, and Discovery Plus. And you know her, you know Kelsey. Cheese Colt. I call them my, I don't know why, it's a true crime paranormal account, but I call them my Cheese Colt. So, you know. Cheese Colt. Cheese Colt. I like that. Cheese Colt. I say, I've been trying to make, my thing that I've been trying to make happen is like, hello strangers, or aloha, well I like aloha spooky nerds, but calling the, the, the base strangers. Okay, and you have the Hawaiian shirt with the spooky little, is that a gremlin It's Well, it's funny because this is not a gremlin, it's a critter, but in the 80s, there was a horror movie. So Gremlins obviously was a big hit as a horror movie, and then there was a lot of uh, rip-offs, spin-offs, people that were trying to like tap into that. And Critters was one of those movies. Ooh. So they're like little alien guys that are like kind of nasty little porcupines with sharp, bitey teeth. But it was actually kind of a fun movie, even though it was kind of a ripoff of Gremlins. I think it was Leonardo DiCaprio's first movie, maybe? Really? One of, or Gremlins 2 or something like that. Okay. I could be right. wrong. I could be entirely making this up <laughs> at this point. And I would just nod and agree. I, well, I appreciate that. Smile and nod, <laughs> yeah. boy. Smile and nod. <laughs> Instead of calling me out on my BS right now. the No, it was definitely someone's first movie, and now I'm going to have to go, but we can, we can fix this later, <laughs> I think. But... <laughs> We're at, in uh, Austin, Texas, at RTX Austin, and this is the Driscoll Hotel, which is a famously haunted, supposedly. And you are already here. Ghost, I love that you do that. That's very much what I do. The so you were already here. Yeah. Yeah, I was walking around with, you guys know Red Web, um, either the podcast or just the account on TikTok. I was walking around with Rooster Teeth's Trevor, and Barbara was here too, his girlfriend, and another Rooster Teeth employee. We were looking for the painting in particular mm. and kind of like going in blind. So every time we passed the painting of a little girl, Trevor's like, is that it? Is that it? I was like, no, I don't, I don't look. I don't think that's it. But the painting itself, which we might go look at in a bit, is... Well, we were saying earlier, it's yeah. definitely creepy. Yeah. Going to eat your soul, creepy. Eat your soul. Yeah. I said it looks like a little girl who has like just an unhealthy pallor uh, of her skin. And it looks like she's going to unhinge her jaw and just eat someone's soul. Like, Fresh you know, style. big razor Ugh. teeth. Ugh. I don't want to see it. I mean, I would like to see it maybe not directed towards me. Mm, yeah. Catch it on camera. Right. That's your exactly. thing, right? That's yeah. kind of my thing, yes, <laughs> on camera, yes. Uh, it, so we just met, and I feel like we already kind of, like, align with a lot of spooky, weird stuff. But you guys that already know you know the story, but tell me a little bit about how you got into all of the spookiness and the true crime arenas, all of that. What was your entry point? So, from, like, a very young age, I grew up in a haunted house. Like, okay. just not even, like, from, a, from an infant. And I used to run into my parents' room and at, like, five years old. Like, you know that horror movie age where you're like, this is concerning? 
if you're like at all aware of that stuff, my parents weren't, by the way, um, I would see like, I had this memory of just seeing like shadow people dancing on my wall, like, you know, those cut out string people almost. Yeah. Um, and so I would run into my parents' room and say like, mommy, daddy, the shadow people are dancing on the walls again. I completely forgot about that until my mom was like, hey, remember that thing you used to do? I'm like, oh yeah, casually, mom, okay. Um, but the house was, it was crazy haunted. And there was one point when I was 10 years old, I really started believing because I walked downstairs to go get an eraser. It was like 10 o'clock at night. I think I was 10, around that age. And I was upstairs talking to my dad, drawing. Everyone was upstairs going to sleep for the night. Mm -hmm. Walk downstairs and I look into the living room and there's just a man sitting on the couch in like probably 19th century farmer's gear, just. I looked at him and was like, yeah, I'm going to go upstairs. And I like sprinted upstairs, like just a chill, like dropped through my entire body. Right. And I was like, I don't like this. And of course, my parents didn't believe me. My dad was like, oh, you were dreaming. I was like, I was dreaming five minutes ago. Like, am I dreaming during this conversation? That whole thing. But that never discouraged me. And I remained terrified in that house. Okay. So that was a, a couple questions. First off, so was the house very old? No, not really. Okay. I found out after that that it used to be a farm. Okay. So got some confirmation there. Something was on those grounds. Yes. And it had been a farm. Do you think that your parents, and I found this with a lot of, I guess, authority figures and parents and whatnot, this is weird and creepy stuff for them, too, that they can't wrap their heads around. Do you think that they were truly believing it was your imagination or were they just telling you that so that way you would process it and be done with it whereas maybe they were actually of the mindset of like i i don't know what the hell's going on something weird is happening here so my dad is like a man of science he's a doctor like he will not believe in god or ghosts unless he can like see it and experience it with all five senses like right. he needs to physically shake its hand to like believe it's real and even then he'll still say that he's hallucinating like when i had me and five of my other friends when i was 13 experience the same disembodied voices he was like oh yeah group hallucination i'm like the pieces just don't quite connect dad yeah see i would consider myself someone that is very pro-science as well but the idea about science is like, science is about asking questions and about pursuing things. And when you have a preponderance of evidence, yeah, you should still experiment. You should still try to replicate this in a laboratory or controlled setting, mm -hmm. but still like to automatically dismiss things to me is not scientific. No so offense either. to your dad. I, I mean, we we get into a lot of fights about this. So, yeah, I would agree. I'm very much on the side, like, while I'm aware scientifically, you can't disprove anything. You can only prove something, which is why in the paranormal field, we're always working to, like, get evidence and, like, capture something. And your whole show is, like, capturing everything on camera and, you know, showing it to people because that's important is showing like legitimate evidence so well i gotta i gotta say here so the show i do i love doing the show so my corporate overlords at travel channel and discovery plus but it's not always about evidence so much i i try to say that it's about i speculate i don't validate i i try I like to pose that. questions about 
what might it be based on, okay, if this was captured in a certain location or these were the types of reportings associated with it, what might it be instead of saying in a blanket way, this is paranormal, this is a ghost, this is an alien, this is a cryptid. It's more like, well, okay, in that part of the world, people are said to have experienced this kind of phenomena in the sky or this kind of creature in the woods. And then maybe, maybe it's that, maybe it's all connected. But see, that's still more scientific than just saying, blanket statement, you're hallucinating, it doesn't exist. You're right, I'm a scientist. I, nice. I, I, High yeah, five right? Yeah, I know. Awesome. Here we go, I'm a scientist. I, the, the other thing is like for you, okay, so you, you grew up in this house, you were 10 years old, you were having these experiences. I don't talk about it a whole lot. I, the house I grew up in, there was weird stuff happening in my home. Yeah. And I think it influenced the path I ended up on, but publicly I just say like, okay, I went into, I became a journalist and I started pursuing this stuff and researching this stuff. And then that launched me into the paranormal from there. But I think we are shaped at a younger age from the experiences we have. But still, okay, so you had that. Other people might have those experiences and then they just move on and go do their life and become an accountant or whatever. What made you then pursue it enough to say, okay, now I'm gonna create videos, I'm gonna create content, I'm gonna explore the paranormal as well as the true crime element. I think for a lot of people, they can dismiss it and it stops happening. But Just move I, on. Yeah, I tried dismissing it and it didn't stop. Like it, it got worse and worse to where like, I'm like, okay, something's going on here. And I actually sought out a teacher because I was so terrified. Like I was having experiences where I would touch an object and I would be able to see if that object had a traumatic past to it. Okay. Like stuff like that, that my family was like, so like so kind of the psychometry element to it. Yeah. You were holding things and wondering if there was something connected to that thing. Yeah, and I was having dreams and like communicating with spirits. As I look back at it now, that's what it really seems like in my dreams and just like really, really odd stuff. So I ended up seeking out this shaman who incidentally worked in the back of a dry cleaners had his like little business didn't charge anyone classic shaman move yeah, back of a dry cleaner classic yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and he taught me a lot he his beliefs are very different from mine now right. where he was like there are no demons there's no evil there's no like poltergeist energy you need to just feed it with positive energy and very much my experiences the opposite any energy is feeding it but it just it never stopped for me and right. it got to the point where like i was seeing these spirits on a regular basis not just in my house but other places as well right so it's it is funny that you mentioned like going to a teacher because i think like that is such a natural thing as you pursue sort of that authority figure that person that's going to provide guidance for me yeah. i was raised catholic and I went to Catholic school and like when weird stuff was happening to me as a kid or in my family, the, my move was to go to the librarian, you know, like even to this day, like I'm a reader, I'm a researcher, like my nerd brain goes to library and I went to the librarian and I was like, Hey, like I'm looking, I was very young and I was like, I'm looking for the straight dope on, straight on dope. evil <laughs> and, and, and all this stuff. I'm like, like, 
and I remember her being like, well, here's Sabrina the Teenage Witch, or here's like, you know, the Littlest Witch, or what, you know, they were like, she was like recommending like kids books to me. I'm like, in my mind, this is not literally what I said, but I'm like, no, no, no. I need the real shit. Like, you know, like, I need you to show me the real... Like, where is the portion of the library where the uh, Necronomicon is, where the grimoires are? Where is that? That was what, in my young brain, I was trying to communicate. It was also a Catholic school library where she was probably like, we have the Scholastic Book Fair. (laughs) Is that kind of like that? No. Would you like the Holy Bible? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so... Um, but then, yeah, your ideas expand and everything. But why did you launch this job portion? Like, why? How did you? How did you get into this enough that you were like, "This is something that I do want to create my own content around." You saw the shaman, your ideas expanded, and then you, what was the next step after that? I'm not gonna lie; it was a complete accident. Um, that, that's so anticlimactic, I know. No, it's not. But TikTok is really great in that way where it kind of acts as an antenna. And, you know, you have some sort of, I guess, presence on TikTok and it can transfer to so many other things in your life and opportunities. But I posted the worst video I've ever made. And it was about a ghost story I heard at sleepaway camp when I was 14. Right. A Vietnam War vet in a forest in France sees a lady in white and while he's doing ground patrol, something like that, and her like mouth elongates, her fingers elongate, and then he blacks out and wakes up standing in the same spot. So I posted that, cut myself off in multiple parts, and like, honest to God, worst video ever. It got seven million views. Right. And I kind of like, for a long time I pushed that away because I was told by my family and other people like oh don't talk about this it's you know people are going to judge you people are not going to accept you because you believe in this and i really in that process of like trying so hard to hold that side of me back felt like i lost a piece of myself and when that went up on tiktok i was like this is what it felt like this is what it felt like to be so passionate about this and now i'm understanding that i'm not really going to be judged to talk about this. I'm not gonna get like hate. I mean, I'll get hate, but you know, it's not the end of the world. Um, But there's a whole community out there and there are so many people who are terrified in their homes or people who believe in ghosts and want to know more. But there's then I transitioned to my fascination with the, I guess, psychology and mentality, emotionality of serial killers. And I was like, there's a piece of that too like yeah. they overlap in a lot of ways um and i started finding cases where ghosts solved their own murders uh people knew they were going to die and predicted their own death stuff like that and i was like you know i can bring two i guess fascinations in my life together yeah and really just like reignite the spark that i had and find myself again i i agree with you as far as there was this time when there was a time where it was okay to talk about the paranormal and supernatural, and then it seemed like we hit this time. I think before uh, before I was even born, like at the in the seventies, you had the beginnings of the satanic panic, and then that kind of cooled a lot of things as far as the paranormal. But and then it was kind of more taboo. But then it started bubbling up again, and I think we reached a point where 
people are talking about it. Some people are still ridiculed about it. And I frankly, I say all the time, like, I don't care whether you believe or don't believe. That's up to you. Yeah. But you still have to appreciate the power of the story, of the storytelling. Yeah. But I think we've reached this point where enough people are interested in this that they're kind of looking for spaces, whether it's TikTok, whether it's podcasts, whether it's some TV shows, where it's okay to share your stories. It's okay yeah. to talk about these things. And you're not going to be judged by that discussion so the true crime element is interesting because there is i mean look there's a lot of horrible things that happen that have no paranormal connection yeah and then there's horrible things that happen that do have a paranormal connection what was your first sort of true crime story that hooked you enough that you said you know what like i want to i want to talk more about that so when I was in high school, at a boarding school, I learned about the psychology of serial killers, you know, nature versus nurture, that whole thing. And it was learning about H.H. Holmes. And right. at the time, he was known as an anomaly, which has since been disproven. But he's known as an anomaly as in, like, it was believed that he had a completely normal life. He had a completely normal upbringing. And then suddenly he just snapped and created a for TikTok, unaliving castle. Um, and that's what we say on TikTok when we have to censor words. Um, but so that kind of like ignited it. We have some stuff in my family that I'm not really, um, I can't talk about because it's more or less like kept on the private side of things. Right. But with experiences with that and learning about that when I was older and then H.H. Holmes, I, that was another thing that, like, I was going to school for it, and I wanted to be, I guess, a criminal psychologist I, or some sort of homicide detective, something like that. And then I started this TikTok, and once, like, I sort of ran out of, like, fuel for the ghost story stuff, and yeah. a friend of mine had recommended, they were like, you should dip into true crime, too, and I was like... Oh yeah, that's something I'm going to school for. I'm passionate about that. I can, as like a writer and storyteller, I can really bring these stories to life yeah. and show the, the past that these people have had and like the paranormal aspect and whatever it might be. You mentioned, and, and, and yeah, the H.H. Holmes story is definitely a standout disturbing one actually yeah. i don't know if you you learned this you probably have the i think they believe and i forget the exact name that there was the first serial killer in the uh north in, in america north america was actually out of boston texas oh really yeah we can talk more about that later but okay there's some interesting cases here i i wish a friend of mine that was here before, Greg Lawson, he is a detective and paranormal investigator, and he's done a lot of homicides. We're uh, not committed, <laughs> investigated a lot of homicides. Wait a yeah, yeah, investigate, and he's he can kind of give you the straight dope on things as well, like the, yeah. uh, but yeah, he's investigated a lot of that stuff. So the and and even out near you were talking earlier pioneer farms yeah crazy spooky place but also some murders associated with that location 
You mentioned earlier the idea of the shaman saying everything is positive energy and feed positive energy into it. And then you said that you don't necessarily think that. So where do you stand as far as energy, good, bad, positive, negative, uh, and, and kind of what's out there? So I, when it comes to spirits and like, let's say your house is haunted, it's a really aggressive haunting and books are flying off the shelves, you know, the extreme of the extreme. The, what people, a lot of people who haven't really investigated or dealt with that stuff as much, or people from completely different cultures, as I find, like shamans, Reiki workers are on a completely different spectrum than I am. But I genuinely believe that energy is energy. And these spirits, they are, uh, in a sense, energy, and they feed off of any form you give them. So I always describe it like negative energy is like dessert to them. Positive energy is like, you know, any meal that they're eating. And I always encourage people to stay neutral mm -hmm. and just, you know, go in and accept it in a way because there's any reaction is a reaction. It's the same when you're communicating with people, you know, any reaction is a reaction sort of thing. But yeah, I, I genuinely believe that positive and negative energy to the extremes when you're forcing it both feeds them. Mm -hmm. I do think that the idea of, I, so I guess I kind of think that there's some people that feed off of positivity and some people that feed off of negativity, much yeah. like people roaming around, you know, any random place. Like we can walk down the street and some people, if you tip your hat and say hi, are going to say hi back and that's like a good, a good exchange. Yeah. And then there are some people that are going to be totally impartial or some people that are just be like, you know, screw you, you know, or, and then maybe rarely someone that's going to actively respond to something in a very ugly way. Yeah. I do kind of, I try to think of it as, as much as possible, whatever we're dealing with, I try to create parallels to where we're at in this space, which yeah. sounds similar to kind of your approach to things. What's been your peak creep, super spooky moments the thing that unsettled you, you mentioned when you were a kid having weird stuff happen. Now you're exploring, you're moving around, you're traveling places. What's been the peak creep moment for you? Oh boy. Um, so there was, uh, a, four people died in the town that I lived in, like right up north. I'm not going to give very specific details just to be respectful of the sure. families and those surviving, but something happened. It all happened around this one train and someone started hanging up dead cats on the tree. Okay. And this was all like right before Halloween that started happening. Um, and my belief personally is that the veil thins around Halloween, just like, you know, the Druids and the Pagans believed and celebrated for Samhain. But they started hanging up dead cats, um, scattering bird wings all around the tree. And so one of the families, the mother asked if me and my friend, because she was very connected to someone there, um, would go and check it out and kind of just, you know, clean it up a little bit, make sure there was nothing there. So I went to the tree and I also, I always keep like a healthy level of uh, skepticism, sure. which I always say as like a full believer, it is our duty to keep skepticism and try and debunk or like gain proper information as we can. 
So, you know, I go into everything with that in the back of my mind. And so I, we go over to the tree and something just, it feels weird. Yeah. Like she said to me, we're, I'm not going to show you where the tree is. I can assure you that you're going to be able to tell me which one it is. And I was able to point it out. Like it's that tree. Right. So we go over and there's just weird stuff hanging on the tree. Like at first it seemed like wind chimes and there was a bag hanging up. As soon as I saw the bag, just like everything drained out of my body and I felt like I was going to fall right over. And then my friend at the same time as me saw the bag and like grabbed her chest and was like, I don't like that. So we called everyone, made sure that no one put up the bag, even though there was something not right mm -hmm. with it at all. Um, we cut the bag down. I was not experienced. I was not doing like the investigation stuff. I did not know what I'm doing. I was doing at this point. So don't do what I did, please, for the love of God. Um, <laughs> I cut the bag down. It was like with rope. It was heavy. And I was like, oh, there has to be like, I'm going to open this and there's going to be like a dead bird in there or something. Yeah. It was like heavy. Cut it open. It was all just like dried sticks with like, I guess, seed pods at the top what you think a stereotypical hex would look like. There was the side of the bag dedicated to each person and then a music box on the bag that sounded really, really just like disturbing. So there's a letter inside, basically someone, it's a small town, everyone knows everyone, I call it the Truman Show. Mm -hmm. And it was signed by someone named Greta and it was basically talking about seeing them a month after they died in a park and everyone seemed so happy and I looked at you and I knew it was meant to be like really just bone chilling unsettling stuff and I was like I don't like this and my friend's like let me take a picture I'm like no 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 if this is like actually a hex or whatever you you call it taking a picture is a bad idea in my opinion that's what the shaman always trained me as or for so we're like okay we're gonna burn the bag don't burn the bag don't burn a hex put it in a box, seal the box with wax, and bury the box with, like, you know, whatever else you need to do with it. But we didn't do that. We burned the bag. Um, it all burned in, like, a localized square around it. Right. And then there was a pendant on the bag, and my friend and I watched it. Literally, it was clay. It burned to a crisp, and we watched it evaporate, basically, go to dust. And she goes... I'm really glad that that pendant is burning right now. I had a really bad feeling about it. I don't like that pendant. So we both together turn around, put stuff in the car, together again, come back, and the pendant is sitting next to the bag. Sure. Like, completely whole, untouched by fire, and I was like, are you seeing what I'm seeing? And she was like, yeah. Her face was just like, blanch, white. So I was like, I don't know what to do. I put a um, a glove over the heel of my boot because I'm like, I don't want to touch it in any part of me. And I like smashed it and like just kept smashing just it kept... until... What happened to the glove? Oh, I, I like, I think I threw it out there, or something. Obviously, yeah. The, the, I mean, the classic thing there is that... And look, like when we start pursuing this stuff, we don't... There's... I'm sure there are some sort of cosmic rules, but we don't know what the rules are. We don't know what the deal is. But we've developed these theories over time, right? And over certain practices and whatnot. Yeah. But the thing that, like, I've learned, I think I'm similar to you. I'm open-minded but skeptical. Yes. 
I believe you have to explain what you can explain through science, through debunking things, but you also have to be willing to enter things with an open mind. And I've seen a lot of crazy stuff over time. But the theory is that you don't, burning just releases whatever it is. And if it's a possessed possession or if it's a heck, when you burn something, you're not destroying it. You're just letting it go. Better to bind yeah. and contain. So sort of like Ghostbusters, put it in a containment unit. You know, I learned it's, the hard way. You learned the hard way. We were and lost like, a glove in the process. I lost a glove. We were like, why is the smoke following me? Why? Do, why is the smoke yeah. like the wind's going in the other direction? Why is the smoke surrounding me? And then I learned after that I got an attachment. It was really bad, really like ugly, and I. Never making that mistake again. So what is a, if you were going to, one of the true crime cases that you pursued, if there's one that you would personally like to have a case closed on, that you would like to solve that cold case, is there one that you personally feel invested enough in that you would like to close that that case? That's a good question. So... There isn't really, uh, I think that's a ghost tour. That is, is a, ghost a ghost tour. Story? That's perfect timing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nice. Be like, you go, Glen Coco. Go, 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 ghost. Go, 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 That's how I do it, but. There is one I can't talk about on here, but it's not one I've covered. It's family stuff. Oh, okay. Um, so that's just for personal reasons, but there is something very interesting that I just covered right now. I'm in a Facebook group called, and I would like closure on this, um, it's called Things Found in Walls. And this guy found uh, three dresses Okay. wrapped in live, for the sake of TikTok, sorry, no. for the other recording, wrapped live pew-pew, like, okay. um, in, in the, wrapped in the dress, wrapped in the dress. And, um... There was like a pew pew hole. It's so silly. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. And dried blood around it. On right. One of the dresses, it was really prominent. There were bones that he found. Okay. So I messaged him. I was like, do you mind if I cover this? Because he believes that the Springfield police, they're not taking it seriously. They took right. the dresses, but he keeps getting dismissed every time he says something. And he just finished covering up all the floorboards so if there was to be another discovery they would have to tear everything up again but um it's 3.8 miles away from where the springfield three disappeared okay so i personally want to know if those are like human remains or not sure you know the amount of stuff that through i through my research but also just through reading old newspaper archives the amount of things that are found in walls it's weird. It's, it's creepy. It's, uh, and sometimes it's very creepy. And sometimes it's like more mundane where you, I was just at a, I don't know if you're familiar with the Odd Fellows, but it's a fraternal organization that was active for a while. Like their whole deal is that they would have a, uh, I don't know, a body. Can I say body? Or yeah, is, yeah. Is body okay? Yeah. A, bo- a, a skeleton that they would display. Not that they had done anything too, but they put it on display as a reminder of one's own mortality. 
and that was used in their rituals. Yeah. But what happened is that as some of these odd fellows fraternal organizations closed up and like sold off the buildings or whatever, other people would buy those buildings and then maybe they'd go to renovate or whatever and then they would find these various things in the walls and it's like what the hell? there's so there's a lot of things that are found in walls it gets very interesting so okay so that's that's definitely one that you would like to close the case on from the paranormal standpoint if there was one thing you really would like to have the answer on whether you were discovering and proving some sort of paranormal case what might it be what's the paranormal uh sweet spot for you that you would love to figure out you know there's this one case um in i think it's iraq or afghanistan it's somewhere um in the middle east and there was a young boy that was born and at a like really really young age he was like yeah my last life i was murdered and um i mean this is something that's already solved but i want to like i want to know more i want more right. information he had a birthmark on his head like here he said yeah that's where i got killed right like, i was chopped in the head with an axe so i guess the village elders uh whatever they call like call it in that area i don't want to misquote anything but they went with him to confront the guy and the guy like stayed quiet and then the boy brought the police or the local authorities to where his body was and sure enough he was chopped in the head with an axe exactly where the boy had a birthmark and there are so many cases like that yeah that either don't make the paper aren't talked about and i would love to like collect all of them as like a study and figure out what the heck i yeah i'm fascinated by how many and and not just like work wise just how many people that i've spoken with in a casual manner or at events or whatever that come up and tell me like yeah so i've got this this kid this you know young son daughter or whatever and they said something weird i'm like go on <laughs> go on and it may be something like mundane about like I don't I don't remember this place. This is not my home or I had That's a, mundane. <laughs> yeah, I had a well, okay. Well, and then I had a friend that had her kid get very upset at her when she was uh, when the kid was younger and say something like you're not even my real mom. I want my real family back. And this was definitely the you know, the real mom, the birth mom, the biological mom, the only family this kid had ever known. Uh, or people talking about, there was other kids that were talking about um, some friends that were, it was a set of twins that when one twin was sick, the other twin started doing a dance and saying, well, this is the dance of my elders. Yeah, so I think, and there's theories that kind of seem to back I not necessarily prove it, but seem to corroborate these ideas of maybe there's some lingering spirit or something there's in something. kids. Like it's it's so bizarre, but it's fascinating to me. 
the shaman always used to describe our ability to see the paranormal as a hallway. And the hallway, he said, would be very open when you're a young kid. And as like societal influences seeped in, it would close yeah. more and more and more. And sometimes, like once that hallway's closed, it's pretty much closed. But some people, like even if it's just like a little fissure, a little crack, you can train yourself to reopen it. And I think that these kids have their hallways like completely open like it's it's an entire it's an entire room it's not just a hallway so is that how you view it you view it as a hallway yes i like that i think of it as like an old analog radio oh that you like an analog radio where you have to like turn the dial very carefully delicately okay and you might find that signal and like lock on that station you know, but if you if you kind of turn in either way or if you are in a car and you drive out of range, you have to kind of find it again. And I think like with us, it's really, you can tune into that thing and you can lock onto that signal, but if you stop paying attention to the signal, you might lose it a little bit and you have to find it again. I like that. That's but, really cool. But. But it's all about being open, right? Yeah. And being curious about the world. So, well, with that said, we are at the Driscoll. I know I kind of want to walk around a little bit and Thank see you. what's what's happening around here. I have uh, a question for you. You lay anything Maybe. on me. I've been asking you all the questions. Okay. Ask me whatever you want. I want to ask you something. Dude, okay. lay it on me. So you talked about paranormal cases that yeah. I would want answers to. So there are two others that I want your opinion on. Okay. Dietlov Pass incident. Right. And then the Bennington Triangle. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Bennington Triangle. I have to search my brain a little bit. The Dyatlov uh, Passage. So that is the one in Russia where it was a handful of like hikers and they were... One of them left, stayed behind and the others went to hike and then we found basically their bodies like dismembered stripped like horrible states of like disarray yeah. yeah disarray and the theories surrounding it are it's very we're obviously in a very public place right now yeah. so that's okay everybody's having a great party time in austin they don't realize we're trying to be spooky 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 Come on, guys, turn the lights off. Stop the talking. Let's be spooky. Can we not be a working business right now and instead just be spooky? So it's it's her birthday, too. Hi. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. It's your birthday? It's my birthday. Maybe we should tell them about the deal. We could teach some random people. So the story with that is some people say, based on how these bodies were spread around this campsite, this frozen campsite. I said, I looked up and I thought, we're trying to make this up. Right behind the camera. It's her birthday. We're going to let it fly because it's her birthday. Right, it's her birthday. Um, And she doesn't want to hear about the fact that, like, some of the bodies were naked. They, so they were all in like various states of like not just disarray but undressed. Undressed. They, they cut the uh, the tent open. The tent was from the inside and spread out, not all clustered together, but spread out. 
Wasn't there something with the tongues too? Like Some eyes, tongues, but one of them had injuries yeah. conducive of like being hit by a truck. Right. And so Russia was like, oh no, it's just a slab earthquake, it a slab uh, avalanche, it, it caused like whatever. And then uh, geologists and other scientists were like, but we, they don't get those in that area. Right. Like that doesn't happen. So, again, I, I think I should ask them. What do you guys think about the Dyatlov past? Are we talking about the aliens? <laughs> Serial killers? Oh my god! Ghosts? Ghosts! Go, 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 ghosts! Go, 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 ghosts! Go, 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 Happy birthday. June, well, July 4th. Cool. Do you know about the Dyatlov Pass? What is that? It's, um... Now fill me in, please. Okay, all right. Yeah. Sit down. Have a seat. So we we so have a guest going. star. What's your name? Monique. Hi, Monique. I'm Aaron. Mo. Aaron, nice to meet you. Kelsey. Kelsey, nice to meet you. So, the Dyatlov Pass incident happened with a bunch of very experienced mountaineers okay. and hikers in Russia. Like, what, in the 20s, 30s? Some old black and white camera yes. time. Um, Black and white camera time. Correct. You're they, like old school. Yeah. Once they back, the rest went. They uh, on the diet slot pass. Yes. They set up camp, and you know everything was fine. They were a bunch of students and uh, one professor, two professors, something like that. Yeah, but experience with the territory. Well, experience like mountaineers. Well, yeah. So let me preface this by saying that the locals, the indigenous people in that area, believe that that spot. Okay. Specifically, is haunted okay. and or cursed. Oh, so they got messed up somehow. Not just Not messed me. up somehow. They no, don't tell they me got really messed this up. This is my like dream. I'm from Wisconsin You're... originally, so I like love like living stuff that are like. So being close to Canada, it is hard to come by new like real known people who have known people who are dug through miss piece or. Well, you're going to love this next bit. Okay. Here we go. Ready? So, they, they disappeared. Wait, what? They disappeared. How many? Um, it was a handful, I think. Yeah, it was... Uh, no, it was like, I think four. Four or five. Oh, okay. You're yeah. not, okay. okay. So, they went up to go search for them, okay. and yeah. the tent was, you know, completely collapsed. They found that the tent had been cut open from the inside. Oh, and there were random sets of footprints, some, like, they just stopped. So, yeah. it took a really long time to recover all the bodies. And they were all in various states of undress. Like some were some wearing totally that doesn't surprise me. No, you're, so, you're that's real life. But some of them had the other ones clothes on, some were missing eyes, one had like fallen out of a tree or something, another one had injuries conducive with being hit by a truck. Very but there strange. was no like external so, like, witchcraft ish kind of odd. Not witchcraft. Or, witchcraft, but like weird What it, might it be? Yeah. So So what do you some theories twist? say aliens? Well, I mean, we all believe it's some kind of... I'm, I'm born on the 4th of July, so you're talking about, like... Roswell. I am that girl that literally will stand on the, on the top of a rooftop and go, please take me, because I will... No, take me. Take well, me. and... Oh, for real? Take me, Roswell. Me. I mean, I mean, what are you saying no to? The Roswell no, incident no. took place yes, over the yes. July 4th well, weekend no, 75 years ago. Yeah. Oh, so, oh, yeah. No, you don't know. That's so, not so there's that potential Roswell, Roswell stuff. And then you're talking about initially, like not realizing the initial part of 
where you have it. And you have red, white, and blue nails. Oh, 100%. Look at that. Die hard. So, okay, aliens are one theory. Another theory would be... Initial. I, I I don't even know. How do you say? How Have you, you ever worked in paranormal TV? Because I feel like you have no, a future. No, I haven't. Is that funny? I probably should. But you should. You, so my big thing is like you don't know where you come from initially. So yeah. like let's be honest. You could be somewhere and not know who's behind you. That person could be X and Z, but that person could really define your whole universe. Yeah. That's true. So. Some believe that maybe it was cryptids. Yeah. Cryptids, that's one of the theories that goes around. The others is that this was during a very secretive time during did, well, which did, is still a secretive someone, time with the Russian government. Them? Did someone hunt them? There's some people that say that, that it was that there were some um, tribes or whatnot, well, no, third but party. Like, but also the, the which I find perhaps the most I don't know viable yeah, is that correct. this was during a time and we're back to a time correct, yes. a very secretive it's russian correct. government uh, activity been... maybe they were conducting some sort yeah. of experiment that killed these so I'm, I'm young people that's where you're at now the official there's, well, there's no, so, okay. There's no Throughout the years, no one has well, the Russian Russia, government. They, yeah. So they swept it under the rug, but they did officially say, I think in 2015 or 16, around that era, oh, it was 100% yeah, a slab no, earthquake. Okay. Well, and it was about, 20, it was in 2020 that a avalancheologist, a guy that yes. studies yes. avalanches, came along and said he created some animated models. Okay and using what he knew about basically the force yes. of an avalanche said that this could create that level of, of impact, impact of and damage and destruction. So that's at least a scientific Correct. basis on it. And that is interesting to me, but my gut still you, goes okay, to the idea saying, of like, Russian like, government involvement. I know, and I, I, as bad as it sounds, but like you don't, okay, uh, and that shit's happening. It's just weird. Like, you think of stuff, but, like, no one knows. But the, they're still weird. And there's twist to a lot of life. Like, you don't you don't want to say it out loud, but there are twists. I mean, oh, life is twists. Life twists is turns. twists. Life is twists. And turns. Twisty turning. But you can't. There's no. Zigzag. There's no negative to say. Topsy no, turvy. Yes. Correct. Okay, this, I Yin-yang. Yeah. You Up have down. to. Yeah. Back forward. Correct. Left or right. Turn it. No. Uh, do the Go hokey on. pokey and you turn, turn it around. around. Yeah. That's what it's all about. You better is, touch your head and toes all the time. I would say okay. yeah. that's what it's all about. Uh, it is all about. Oh, do they know. start with the right foot or the yeah. left foot? No, don't, don't ask. Know. That's too many questions. Yeah. See? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't ask questions you can't. See? You don't want the answers so, to. Left foot, foot, right foot. No, don't ask. I think my entire world would fall apart if it was the right foot. Are you a lefty? No, I'm a righty. See? I just said that for a dramatic oh. effect, yeah. I'm like, wow. Sorry, is this like, sorry. Yeah, no, you're on the internet right now. That's amazing. Yeah. And what was your other question? Other, uh, any other, did you have? Oh, yeah, the Bennington Triangle. So you'll like this, oh. too. Yes, I know that story. So there's one in particular where there was a Greyhound bus, and William Tedford was on the bus. I think he was a uh, veteran. And the bus made no stops. All of his stuff was there, seat still warm. Vanished. Yeah. Right. I remember that. Like they saw him 
like right before they entered Bennington, like yes, the edge of the triangle, and then as soon as they uh, crossed the threshold, he was gone. So I recall this now, and overall, my take on things is that I think things are way weirder than we're than we are willing to acknowledge and realize. Yeah. And I do think that. I, I theorize that even when it comes to the idea of ghosts and whatnot, a ghost is not just someone dead that's sticking around. It's, it could be an imprint in time, but it, it could also be someone that's just popping through for a heartbeat, like essentially time slip, time travel, interdimensional kind of level. And I also think that goes both ways, that maybe there have, there have been cases where people seem to emerge out of time in other locations. Yes, we. I was talking about that with, of all people, the lead singer of Mice and Men. He was like, oh, did you hear about this guy? I was like, no, tell me about it. Uh, but I forget what his name is. I have it written down there's, on my phone. There's cases of that though. And I, I think like I it can go both ways. Maybe someone can pop into this time frame and sometimes people can pop into the other time frame. I believe that time exists simultaneously, so past, present, and future are, are all happening at the same time. You can stick a pole right through them. So, so sometimes, if you're seeing a spirit, maybe it's not exactly a ghost. Maybe it's actually a hole in that dimensional fabric. So there's specifically the place where I think that I may have experienced that would have been Mount Washington Hotel in New Hampshire, where there seems to be some sort of communication with something that is existing in its own timeline and views the humans there as the ghost. That tree, the tree incident. Right. I So I believe in the fae, like all of that. Of that course, whole elementals, realm. a lot of other weirdness out there. That's what I came into contact with. I genuinely believe that. And I like... It was like, it, it had a different, I guess, texture than a spirit. Like, the energy was different. And it's, it reminds me of what you're describing right now. The, yeah, the I, idea of, like, the other stuff out yeah. there. That's terrifying. I, I, right before the pandemic lockdown, I went and did a private console at a... Uh, farmhouse. It was in Pennsylvania. And they believed that it was haunted. Ultimately, maybe it was, but I didn't. I didn't think that anything bad or negative was taking place there. Yeah. But what I did experience is I went outside and it was very dark, and this is a secluded area. You would get this sense of the woods were alive and watching you, and I felt very much like we see you. Play, play, yeah, like, yeah. like, be, you know, don't screw around too much. Like, don't, don't come closer. You want to stay there? Fine. But once you get past this point, it's our game. It's our territory. So, I would say that in the weird realm of stuff I've, I've experienced, I do think that when you're talking about nature, nature itself is an organism and it's a bar, predates us, and you're talking about ancient. You know what? I just remembered I've left an entire part of that story out. The tree story, which like it brings the whole thing full circle. When I was reading the letter, I tried to light it on fire. Did not light on fire. 
and then um, like a full sixty seconds later, the entire thing bursts into flames. That's that's why you don't light things on fire. Yeah, well, I guess. I mean, I understand fire science. I really do. That, like, you know, you light something up, it doesn't light up, spark goes away, it comes back, and then it slowly lights on fire. But this one, that's the elementalist part of it for me. Well, it's starting to get busy in here, so I feel like we should wrap this part up in here. And um, the, uh, I. For everybody out there, obviously, while well, you're watching this on TikTok, you're TikTok, so everybody knows you. And you don't know me. I'm Aaron. I'm Aaron Sagers. Uh, and I host the Talking Strange uh, podcast on the Den of Geek Network. And I'm also at Paranormal Caught on Camera on Travel Channel and Discovery Plus at Aaron Sagers everywhere. And currently at RTX Austin with you, wherever yeah. we're hanging out. And uh it was lovely well, to chat to with that. you. Yeah, cheers to you. It was so great chatting with yeah, you. Yeah, this was great. So, all right, well, let's go get spooky and uh, check out some other weird stuff. Get down diggity spooky. Let's do it. Get down diggity spooky. And there you have it. That was me talking to Kelsey Childs, the haunted detective that you can find on TikTok at haunted underscore detective and at Kelsey Childs on Instagram. And she is a true crime storyteller and paranormal investigator and just a delightful person to talk to. And I really appreciated her dedicating so much time to Talking Strange while we were at RTX Austin, the event hosted by Rooster Teeth, of course, a gaming podcast and animation festival Now, for all of you out there, thank you for sticking out a kind of a weird, a wacky episode that uh, took some interesting turns, had some unexpected guests, and I hope that you continue to listen. I want you to subscribe and download every week on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts. And also check out our Talking Strange videos at youtube.com slash US. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you at Aaron Sagers on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, on Patreon, and at Talk Strange Pod on Twitter. Until next time, be kind, stay spooky, and of course, keep it weird. 